Now, if God, if, if I had said this to my dad, dad, give me my inheritance, a quarter share or maybe a little bit more if you're being generous of everything you have. I think I would have got severely hurt because my dad's a big dude. <laughs> and, but I want you to hear something. To a Jewish person, there was nothing more disrespectful, insulting um, that can be said of a son asking for his inheritance. It actually is to say, I wish you were dead. To ask for your inheritance before your parents have moved um, beyond this world is to ask, to say, to actually say, I wish you were dead. Now, how, how harsh is that to say to your parents, I wish you were dead? And this boy has done this, the young man has done this to his father. Now, by rights, this is dishonoring the parents. By Jewish law and the Old Testament law, this is actually dishonoring the parents. And the father had every right to have this child stoned, this boy stoned. <laughs> Not got stoned, that's right. But stoned, you know, stoning is too many. You might have heard me say this before. Now, there's the literal stoning where they would throw stones and maim or even kill the, the child. Or to stone is to actually hold the stone and to point and that means to cast the son away. He's no longer to be seen as family. So it kind of exiled from the family. Now, this father had every right to do that because of the embarrassment that his child is to him. But he didn't do so. He actually said, yes, go. Take this. Here's your share. Divided it up equally between his two sons. And he went and squandered it. We know the story, but I just wanted to give you the background in the context of how hurtful this could actually be. Do you know that the rabbis actually think name this story a little bit differently to what we name it? We call it the prodigal son. We put the focus upon the son and his return to God in the sense of that sense. But they term it the good father. Because there's a real truth in this that we have to draw about the goodness of God. Even though we, the son was disrespectful, the father was still good over and above the request that came. I got a quote. Actually, I'll give you a little short story first. Radical generosity. Um, I'm the benefactor of so many radical things that have happened in our lives that I can't wish to name them all or even try to name them all. But I'll give you one that happened more recently uh, in the sense that it happened around Christmas time uh, when we were in Canberra. And for those that know, we were in Canberra. My wife uh, was in hospital for a month and uh, therefore the actual eight weeks leading up to that she hadn't been drawing a wage and uh, then I was in Canberra and, and the expenses of all that and it was either you know trust God or go hungry and go broke and uh, we chose to trust God because we know that's the right thing to do yeah and uh, I just want to share a really simple story I had a friend that was generous to me gave me some money just came down and gave me some money and said, there you go, that'll help you through. And that, was, that blew me away. Just out of the blue, he just said, you know, I've got more than I could ever need and just came down and gave it to me. Blessed. But then someone um, who shall not be named, who I've had dealings with over in the past, and you would know the person, 
Um, so I'm not going to name them because, you know, they're honors before God. Rang me up out of the blue. Haven't had anything to do with this person for a while. Just rang me up out of the blue and said, uh, I need your bank account details. And I went, what? No. Why? <laughs> As you do. And they said, yeah, um, I've got to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit's put on my heart. This person put a large sum of money into my bank account that meant that we could give Christmas to our kids in Canberra. It meant that we had enough money to live when we came home for that month of January without having to worry about where finances were coming from because God provided by speaking to someone to live generously, radically. So I'm not speaking about generosity from the perspective of God doesn't do this. I'm actually sharing this from a perspective that this is, this is the actual life that we can live. This is living in victory. Now, i got bills today, and I could say that someone could be generous and go and pay those bills for me today, but that's not what I'm saying. God knows the circumstances. He knows even before we know what he needs to do, and he puts things into place to show his radical love through those who are radically obedient. I share that story, like I said, it's not about the amount of money and it's not about the radicalness of the person giving, but the genuineness of the goodness of God's heart toward you, if only you would believe. I got this um, quote on my Facebook page, um, and I've had it there for four or five years. It's by J.D. Greer, and it says, The clearest mark of God's grace on your life is a generous spirit toward others. you will have no greater opportunity to share God's love than if you can be radically loving. And in generosity, as a church and as individuals in a church, if we can get a hold of what it is to live radically generous after the heartbeat of the Father, then people will say, there goes a man or a woman of God because they will see God's grace in your life. If we knowing all of the problems we have, let alone the problems others have, cannot be generous in spite of these things, then I think we actually need a real encounter with grace. Because grace means that it's over and above, beyond. It's not deserved. Grace means that it's there when it's required. I heard another testimony recently as one of our brothers was talking to me about stories from home and he said um, the church where they were, they were challenged to give, um, the, the, the pastor really heard that God gave him this word. They were looking to raise significant funds for a building and he, he clearly heard God, and let me say he tested the word a lot, but he clearly heard God to challenge his church to give a month's, each member of the church to give a month's salary to the offering. Now, who knows that that's going to challenge a few people? Yeah? To some of those who chose to do this, testimony came after testimony came after testimony came. One guy said yes straight away and he gave a month's salary. The very next week, uh, his boss calls him into his office and he says, you know, I really want to um, honor you. Uh, there's a Chinese term, I don't remember it, but it's about honoring the work of the person. And he gives this honorarium, this, uh, this bonus of two months' wages. That, 
very next day. You see, sometimes with the challenge, when we hear God's voice, we've got to trust that He's leading us into a greater revelation of His generosity. But the problem is the church grabs this and they say, we're doing it so that we can be blessed. And that is the wrong motive. We always got to check our motives. The clearest mark of God's grace on your life is a generous spirit toward others. You know, if we can check God's voice and we know His voice really clearly when it comes, if we test it and it's in the Word, then our faith must be in the voice of God and the Word of God, not in the fact that God is going to bless me for giving. Because we don't know how much that is going to impact the person that you're blessing or the organization that you're blessing or whatever it is that God's calling you to do. So I've got four points for us. I'm going to get through these hopefully nice and quickly for us. Firstly, when we look at God's generosity toward us, we actually, oh, that's going to go bigger for you. We actually need to see that God is creative in His generosity. Now, I see God's generosity in a very creative mindset because I see God the Father as a very creative being. Why do I do this? Because Genesis 1 shows us that God is generous and lavish upon creation. All you have to do is read through Genesis 1 and the creation of the world and you get a heart straight away understanding how far God surpassed even what we could imagine or think. I mean, the platypus is one of those things. How creative is the platypus? It has no purpose that we know of other than eating and doing all the things that a platypus does. It's just God being lavish and saying, look at my creative splendor. And then Adam had to name that thing. Like, that's crazy. But Genesis 1 really outlines this whole sense that God is creative in His generosity. Don't you think it was a loving heart and a generous heart to create the wonder that we see as earth today? You know, whether or not you, you can appreciate nature is irrelevant because the moment it gets hot and you stand under a tree, you can say, thank you, God, for putting that tree there because the shade brings down the temperature. It cools you. You can look under a microscope and you can look at the, the, the mechanisms and the organisms and the, the machines that are just happening in your cells, in your body. And you say, look at the generosity of what God creates just so I could breathe or I can live or the blood can transfer around my body. There's a generous heart. So generosity actually means for us, firstly, that it's liberal in giving or sharing. It's unselfish. God in His creativity was unselfish. We see that in Genesis 1. Um, in, in my next point, I'll, I'll re- allude to Genesis 1.26. Let us make God, uh, man in our image. Isn't that a generous thing to do? So it's liberal, it's gi- in giving, and it's sharing in the abundance of who we are. And if we're in the likeness of Christ, then I think our mindset needs to be lifted a little bit. Because if God is generous in creating then we too need to be. Secondly, generosity means to be free from meanness or smallness of mind and character. Smallness of mind. Now, this is just out of the dictionary. It's nothing. uh, But smallness of mind. 
It keeps us downtrodden. If we can get out of our small mindsets and into the mindset of the Word of God by renewing it, as Graham was saying, all of a sudden we tap into this thing called being a, a generous spirit. Thirdly, generous means large or abundant or ample. It's this over the top. It's not miserly. It's large and it's abundant. Fourthly, rich or strong in flavor. For example, a generous wine. Jesus, his first miracle turns water into wine and uh, he didn't just turn it into cheap wine. He turned it into the best wine that he could. Why? Because of generosity. And who got the, who got the privilege and the benefit and the commendation for that? The master ceremonies. Not Jesus. Because he wasn't out to get blessed by what he just did and performed. He blessed the master ceremonies for bringing out the choice wine. Um, lastly, it is fertile and prolific. To be generous is to be fertile. God said, go forth and multiply, be abundant. Isn't that a generous thing? So have more kids, all you married people. All right. If you're not married, take that under advisement, all right? <laughs> Why are you laughing? Anyway, so how generous was God? He was extremely God. Secondly, um, God creates an opportunity to give. Not only is he generous, but he creates the opportunity to give. Genesis 1.26, let us make man in our own image. Now, God had just made animals. He just made creeping things, as the Bible says. He just made birds and fish and, and all the wonderful things that we see in creation. But it wasn't enough. He then creates an opportunity inside himself to release love upon someone that he cherishes, someone that he loves, someone that's in his own image that he can pour out abundantly upon. All of that was created for Adam. All of that. And we are the benefit or the benefactors of that creation. God creates within himself the opportunity to give. It keeps reading there, and it says, uh, verse 27. I'll pick that up in my, down here so it doesn't look awkward. No, I'll read it there because I can't. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God creates the opportunity for, for him to be generous and then he lavishes all of that responsibility on us and says, go forth, multiply, subdue, bring it all into order. Bring it all into the things that I need you to do. We being like God our Father must create opportunities to display generosity. We can't sit back and wait for an opportunity to fall in our lap. We actually need to be creative in being generous. Like I said, it's not about money. There's more to generosity than money. How else can you think beyond money that you can be generous? Next week, we'll look at some of those things. But this week, I want to challenge you. Are you creating a space where you can be generous? 
You know, are you cooking for people? Are you helping someone that's just come out of hospital? Are you, you sowing the gospel um, into people's lives because of your generosity? Think about it. How can you be generous like God? Genesis 2.18, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now, depending on what side of the fence you sit on, you might think that wasn't a very generous thing at all. But if it's in the Word, it must be true. This is the generosity of God, to give man a helper. From the woman's perspective, God might have said, I screwed up that time, I need to bring perfection. (laughs) Yeah, you like that one? Anyway, so let me say for you, if you're here today, marriage is God's generosity toward you, to us. It is a blessing from God so that we could help one another to outwork and outlive a generous spirit. We, being like God our Father, must create opportunities to give. Thirdly, so if God is creative, And then God creates opportunities to be creative. Thirdly, God is also thoughtful in his generosity. Generosity, I'm going to say this a couple of times for us. Generosity is a mindset toward empowering others. Generosity is a mindset toward empowering others. Generosity actually also, or generous actually means in a second Um, form, it means to be open-handed. It means to give. It means to be giving freely. Generosity is a mindset toward empowering others. So if, if you're attempting to be generous in any way, it must be about empowering someone to be a better representation of who God created them to be. So someone in the gutter if you're empowering them to have a meal and to get shelter over their life, then you're helping them to see that God has a greater purpose for them. Someone who's on billions of, or millions of dollars a year, if you're helping them to live a life that is generous and giving and helping them to not find a commitment or contentment in their in their, in their wealth and what they're storing up for themselves and you're, you're teaching them that it's good to give and there's joy in giving and there's blessing in blessing others you're helping that person to live as God called that person to live we don't acquire great wealth of our own means God actually orchestrates that why? because he wants us to live liberally and giving and freely upon blessing and uplifting others so God is thoughtful in his generosity. Jeremiah 29, 11, classic scripture. You will all know this one. For I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. God's thoughts are toward us. And if God's thoughts are toward us, what are my thoughts toward Are my thoughts about myself and building my kingdom and building my wealth and building myself? Well, I don't think that's God's thoughts. 
and we're living like God, then God's thoughts living through us, we actually need to start living about building other people's lives. If all I focus on is me, then I believe we stifle the spirit of generosity. Generosity is a mindset toward empowering others. Just look at the story of the father and the prodigal son. The father knew that he was going to do something stupid. He knows his kid. He knows what he's about. He knows that he was going to live recklessly. But he had faith in God. He didn't give on the merit of what that child was going to, or that son was going to do with that money, whether he was going to use it wisely or not. He gave because he was generous and because he had hope that his son would be restored to him. How do I say that? Because every day he sat on the porch of his house waiting for that son to return. You don't sit on a porch of your house waiting for a son to return unless you have hope. If you don't have the hope, then don't be generous. Make sense? If he was a generous spirit, gave it all, he sat in hope and faith that God would turn this young man's heart around. And sometimes we're stubborn of heart and things need to happen that are bad to us to turn us around. Because if we don't hear God, then He will use our circumstances to turn us around. He will. That's how He works. Fourthly, there you go. That's just for your looks. Fourthly, God is extravagant in His generosity. God is creative, and then He creates opportunities to be creative. He is thoughtful in His generosity, and at the last, He is extravagant in His generosity. John 3.16, the most important thing I'm going to say today, I'm going to say now. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that who should ever believe in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That is the most important thing I could say today. To demonstrate the extravagance of His generosity, He held nothing back, including His Son. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. John three sixteen to 18. You're sitting there today. You don't believe in the only Son of God. It says it clearly there in white. Before God, you stand condemned already. Because He, in His generous love, has done everything that is possible to demonstrate how loving and how good He is. And that He's not, about mercy. He's not just about justice, but He's also about bringing you to a place of being accepted and loved and, ex- and brought into His family. God made a way possible because of the generous heart that He has. 
of a loving heart that says, you can't do it, therefore I will be open-handed. Therefore, I will be giving. I will be extravagant in my display. How extravagant will it be? I will nail my son to a cross to pay the very price that you never could. God is the most extravagant giver. And we get the choice to choose life or death. In choosing the Son, we choose life. And Jesus didn't come just to bring life, but He came to bring life abundant, over-the-top, extravagant. That's what the Word declares. Romans 5.8 says, But God shows His love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, God doesn't look at us and making sure that we're going to do everything perfectly before He gives generously. He gives generously in spite of what we are going to do with it. Sadly, thousands upon thousands are going to not hear these words. And they're not going to hear it to penetrate their heart in such a way that they choose life. But if we're going to live a generous life, then our mission is about showing the world that we live in the extravagant generosity of God and that it's open to them because Jesus is the way to salvation. How extravagantly generous can we be? I love the testimony this morning. Michael, never one loss for words. A chick limps past him and he doesn't know what to say. three times and even then he didn't know what to say and God brings the girl over and kicks him there was no way Michael was going home defeated because God wouldn't let him how many times have we felt that we need to share the gospel to someone or to share the love of God to someone and we've gone home and we've regretted because we haven't taken the opportunity God doesn't want us to live like that he wants us to live extravagantly generous what we hold is the key to salvation to eternal life what we hold is the abundance of God's grace and favor and he wants us to live extravagantly as he does I'm going to invite the worship team up are we going to live generous are we going to live beyond the status quo I think the word for the week is, we're going to not live ho-hum anymore. Are we going to look for the extravagance, the, the opportunity to be creative in our generosity, the opportunity to create even more opportunities to be generous, the opportunity to be thoughtful about how generous we are, you know, are we going to look for the opportunities to be extravagant in our giving? These opportunities, church, they will transform your life. If only by faith you would grab them and you would apply them to your life. Generosity opens the door for us to live joyous before God. If you sponsor a child... When you receive that photograph in the mail and you've seen how much they've grown, how good do you feel? 
because you've contributed to their life. You've made sure that they've got the medicine they need, the food they need, the education they need to thrive in life. You're giving them every opportunity. That's a generous spirit. When I first came back to Christ and started walking, we, were, we, weren't, we hadn't even decided on going to church yet. We were walking in a group that was ecumenical. It was a, a home group. And that group, um, they thought, oh, you know, it would be a great idea to take on the responsibility of being generous. We're going to take on a, a foster child. I'm like, yeah, that's great. Let's do it. And we met in our house, and, and uh, for some reason it ended up in our house. I don't know why, but it did. And it ended up in our house, and each week everyone would just bring what they had. If they had a few coins in their pocket, they, they put it in the jar. You know, we didn't worry about where the money came from. And then that group disbanded. And we're like, Sarah and I looked at each other and we're like, we can't let this little girl go. God opened the door for us to sponsor a girl. We need to be generous in our response to that. We've watched that girl grow. She's 18 now. And she was like a baby when we, got, when we started to sponsor her. But the opportunity to be generous... Even when we were not well off, like that was a massive burden for us to say, we're going to take 40 bucks a month and put it into that. That was hard back then. But the joy that it gives us to know that she's thriving in life and that she's got goals and dreams that she would never have had unless we sowed into her life. Generosity promotes joy in your life. Are we courageous enough to stand and think about the joy that God gives in each opportunity for us to live lavishly, generous lives? Why don't we stand to our feet and I'll invite the team to just begin to play. We stand to our feet and whether the words line up with what I'm talking about or not is irrelevant. What lines up is your heart to God right now. As you lay yourself to God bare and say, God, in this moment, in this time, right now, I'm laying my life aside. It's not about me. It's about living sacrificially for you. And I'm going to respond with radical faith and radical generosity. And I'm going to be radically obedient to the call that you give me, whatever that might be. If it's to go to my next door neighbor and share the gospel, I'm willing. If it's to give $1,000 to someone that I don't even know and don't even know what they're going to do with it, but who cares? You told me to do it. Then Lord, help me to live radically generous and obedient to you. This is your moment with God right now with no one else watching you. As you sing, just say, God, as you lift your hands, I am yours. And I want to live radically generous today in the extravagant generosity that you have given me. Your love never fails And you stay the same through the ages Your love never changes Let 
high Lord you demonstrated generosity in so many ways your love toward us is extravagant Lord I pray by your Holy Spirit you will move in our lives help shift our mindsets help us live radically obedient Help us live amazingly generous. Help us live to reveal the truth that our God reigns. And He reigns over my life. And I've been blessed to be a blessing. And that my generosity is going to help uplift many in my journey of faith. Lord, we are yours. We humbly come to you and we say, Use us in whatever way you will. Change our hearts, change our minds. Bless us even more in the generous heart that you have given us. Let us be who you've called us to be, a light and a hope to the nations. Lord, radically shift our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This week, look for an opportunity. And if one doesn't present itself, create the opportunity to live generously.